please enter room 2008. Saturday night, and we are live. Saturday, July 1st, going into Sunday, July 2nd, and this is the anniversary of our subject tonight, Amelia Earhart's disappearance. That's a that's a pretty cool subject that I never really paid attention to before, uh, right. before now. There's a lot of subjects we cover that I just think I know it, don't really care to look into it, and then when you start digging, it just gets it's pretty juicy and juicy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. This is one of them. A lot of good yep. documentaries out there. Yep. Um, so right now we are live on twitch.tv slash room 2008 ENT. We're also live streaming to Twitter and we should be on kick.com slash room 2008 ENT. I believe that's the new Twitch competitor. Um, I'm trying to monitor that on my phone right now to see how that goes. So if y'all are uh, subscribe or if y'all are on Twitch or kick, feel free to follow us on there. That way uh, you can interact with us live and everything. And uh, you know, we'll share your comments on screen and, and um, follow us on Twitter, Room2008 ENT2. That way you know when we're going live, what subject we're talking about, get all the updates and everything, and shoot us an email, Room2008 ENT at gmail.com. I really want to know what y'all think after we go over this tonight because there's several different theories as to what may have happened. Lance is uh, leaning one way on what happened. I'm, I'm leaning pretty strong on a different way. So y'all need to be the tiebreaker on uh on what we think happened here so uh but yes i am drew nell joined with lance and as you notice once again we are missing mr peter rabbit hole yeah for everybody that's commented reached out to us uh he is still on the program he's just uh he didn't say anything to get booted i promise you that so we allow anything anything said is okay on this program but right yeah he's uh he's just feeling a little under the harp controlled weather yeah and he was supposed to be playing a show tonight too uh so we're yeah, wishing him the best of whatever the hell he's doing right now. Mm-hmm, Sleeping, yeah. throwing up, or, or playing music. Who knows? Probably all three. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, again, um, like I said, we're, we're live streaming to Twitter, but I don't know if y'all are seeing it right now um, because Elon Musk, for some reason, decided to institute, or, uh, to institute I guess that's the word, implement yeah. a, a uh, rate limit on how much, how many tweets that, a certain account can see per day, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. It may uh, not be Elon. I mean, it's been what a month since Linda Yaccarino was right. Put in the strategized Twitter and bring it back and make it what it is. And now it's all right. of a sudden you're being limited. And what do you think, Drew? I don't know. I think, I mean, he's obviously, he's the owner. Uh, he's, he's, he's tweeted about it all day and tried to give a little reasoning as to why he's doing it. Um, so, but yeah, if, if you're a verified account, so if, if you pay for Twitter Blue, that's probably the reason behind it. He's trying to get more people to subscribe to Twitter yeah. Blue. But you know um, how much it is? I think it's like eight bucks a month. I think. God. So I know break the bank on that one. But um, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So maybe we get a sponsor to pay for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, Twitter could sponsor us. Hey, there you go. Free. So um, 
so yeah, at the beginning of the day, when this happened, if you're a verified account, if you have the blue check mark, you would get to see like, I can't remember what it was, like 6,000 tweets per day. If you were an unverified account, you'd only get to see 600 tweets per day. And then if you're a new unverified account, so like if you just happened to create a Twitter account today, you would only get to see 300 tweets, which is ridiculous. You could you could go through that and... That's views. That's like you're scrolling that counts. Yeah. Exactly. Or is it yeah. what you click? No, it's it's your how many tweets you come across. It's just, it's ridiculous. But now, you know, it's, it's sat, late Saturday night. He's upped it to, I think if... I was looking earlier uh, pre-show, and I think it's up to if you're a verified account, you get to see ten thousand tweets. Um, verified, you get or unverified, I think six thousand or two thousand, something like that. But in, in, either way, it's weird. So um, I, I don't really like it. But what are you going to do? What would you say is the closest um, competitor of Twitter right now? The um, uh, like with the same kind of news update strategy. I don't know. Maybe Facebook. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But you know, they're I mean, they're so completely they're completely different in their platforms. But I mean, as far as social social media goes, I mean, because Instagram's just pictures, you know, Facebook's kind of the only place where you can also like, you know, kind of do what Twitter does, where you type stuff out and you can share videos and stuff like that. So I don't know. I have, I just it's yeah, a horrible just, strategy because as soon as you make everything, you know, limited, mm-hmm. anybody could come back out and and have a yeah. new Twitter, and it's going to yeah. be. We're the free one. Everybody's yeah, going to navigate over, and you lose all your. Yeah, and he's he said uh, these he said these rules are temporary, but we'll we'll see about that. Oh, temporary. Yeah, you know, for I mean, certain things that are happening around the world, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got you. That would that kind of yeah <laughs> clarifies a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So, um, anything else you want to touch on before we hop in the plane? And I think we have a lot to cover. Uh, so. Let's uh, let's do a big go right into it. Yeah. All right. So thing. yeah. It. So I'll I'll start out with this. Um, you know, obviously you hear about this story, Amelia Earhart. When you grow up, you just know she disappeared. Um, but there's a lot that went into it as to why she may have disappeared that I didn't know before I started researching. Like, like I didn't know that she had a navigator with her. I didn't know she was supposed to go one way at the beginning and and had to change course, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that went into this that I had no idea about that. Did you know how many stops she made before? Like, not like the the number, like, I don't even know how many stops she made, but she made, I thought maybe she stopped four or five times going around the world, you know, Mm -hmm. not 30 or whatever. I thought it was her just solo on a solo trip, nonstop around the world, but that was not, not the case. I wonder who the first person that I don't think, I don't guess you can travel the world just like that uh i'm sure you somebody can, I'm, sure you can. I'm sure you can now yeah i'm yeah. sure somebody's the first that soloed it i'm just wondering if if there's any plane out there that can actually you know uh maybe make one stop you know halfway around or something All right i don't know i'll have to do an episode on that so i and, just uh, um go ahead yeah now i was oh, just yeah. gonna say and i was also amazed by um how long those trips were like they were talking about you know just traveling a thousand miles and it's or 1200 1500 miles and it's like 12 hour flight mm-hmm. and you're doing this every day <laughs> it's just like god bless yep so um like i said a minute ago i'm 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 monitoring the kick.com uh, stream right here and i try to do a test comment but it has not come through on our chat so um if you're watching on kick or, or in the future hopefully we can get that fixed and figured out but anyway so yeah um the whole point of amelia's journey was to circumnavigate the globe um 
more towards the equator because flights like this had happened previously, but it was way in the northern hemisphere, like up through Canada, Russia, Arctic Circle type stuff. So the the mileage on that was only fifteen thousand, you know, give or take. This what she's doing is twenty seven thousand miles, so it's almost double. Double the yeah. Length. We learned from our flat Earth episode it makes a big difference mm-hmm. the way the globe is. Yep. That was a good point. Yeah. So when she started this, it was her. Uh, she had two navigators with her, and their names were Fred Noonan and Harry Manning. And then she also had a tech, uh, a technical advisor named Paul Mance with her. So there's four people in the plane, which I, like I said, I had no idea that there was anybody with her. I was always under the assumption it was a solo flight. Um, so she left from California to Hawaii, uh, made her first pit stop in Hawaii, get gas and, you know, do what she needs to do and, and, and everything else. <laughs> so when they, when they go to take off from Hawaii within 10 seconds to 15 seconds of takeoff, the plane crashes, um, the landing gear fell out and, uh, some other stuff happened and literally crashed and totaled the plane. So that put them on a hiatus for a couple months as the plane got fixed, which I never knew about that either. Yeah. So this, this is the first thing that I think really comes into play, um, you know, as, as far as, you know, how and why the disappearance happened. Not, not so much as why, but, you know, contributed to it. The government did it. Yeah. They so. put the plane down in Hawaii. It's all a big conspiracy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, actually, that's not, even a, that's, that's not even a talking point, really. It might be as Peter. that being the conspiracy. Well, uh, yeah, well, uh, when Rabbit Hole's on next episode, we'll get his theory on um, – on what happened i think it was aliens it never happened she never got in the air she never flew a plane so um like i said it took a couple months for the plane to get fixed and when it got fixed uh, harry manning one of the navigators boned out and the technical advisor paul mance boned out as well they did not want to continue the journey they had enough so it was just amelia so they and- left after the hawaii i mean before the well the trip to hawaii yep. they crashed and they said you know, screw this. Yeah, much, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the first trip, I guess you have a you have a plane wreck. Um, wow, that's bizarre. Mm-hmm. So, so they, so huh. it was just Amelia and, and Fred Noonan uh, from there on out. So that's that's very important because uh, the way they were communicating with the ground um, was by I think it was called our radio finding device i think is what it's called i have it noted here but i can't find it in my notes Hmm. um and paul mance was the guy that knew how to work that system in the plane um amelia and uh, noonan weren't really well versed on on how to work it so So they used the same equipment they just traveled on Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. it was like you said a couple months or or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be and then they flew they had to fly in a different direction due to yep yeah, exactly. So also, um, you know, when they were ready for takeoff again, uh, they had to, f- the original flight plan was going west to east. They took off from California to Hawaii. They were going to go to Hawaii to Howland Island, Howland Island to New Guinea, so on and so forth. But because of a seasonal shift in prevailing winds, they had to literally reverse their course. And now they have to go from Hawaii to California, California to Miami, Miami down to Brazil, Brazil over to Africa. So I want to they were going to take out all the long trips on the very front, mm-hmm. yeah, and then do so, the, the quick stops throughout. Right. So where they where they got lost was essentially the last leg of the trip. 
And I think, you know, had they had they never crashed in Hawaii, I don't think they would have, you know, this would have never happened. So, so it was going to be uh, to Howland mm-hmm. and then to Hawaii and then to LA or probably, yeah, wherever they took off from yeah. California, yeah, land back there. So, so uh, that was literally their second trip before they went home. Mm-hmm. And that's when, uh, you know, their second, their second to last. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So not a whole lot happened um, from when they took off on the, on the second time. Uh, not, not a whole lot happened. One, one thing to note that did happen though, uh, when they flew from Brazil to Africa, I can't remember what part of Africa they flew to, um, but they missed their they missed their their mark by 160 miles. Mm-hmm. And you got you got to remember, like they don't have the GPS that they do today. Obviously, you know they're they're literally navigating by seeing stars, you know, in in the plane. So when you're going over nothing over the Atlantic Ocean, you're <laughs> you're kind of limited on how you calculate where you know you're going. So you got to be I mean, you, you really got that's that's so scary to me. Is like I got to have a fucking GPS on to go to the damn store. Yeah. So they were using uh, a process called dead reckoning, mm-hmm. and yep. basically they have an instrument. They'll use the stars. They'll use landmarks. It's not like GPS, obviously, right? So, uh, but if you if you're off course, like just let's just say like it could be the the smallest amount, just an inch in the wrong direction, over a course of uh, fifteen hundred miles that inch becomes hundreds of miles. Yep. So, uh, so they're off 160 miles and, and literally they could be seeing the stars like they navigate off the stars on a clear day, but, and we'll get into all the, you know, these other issues that came up, but, uh, mm-hmm. that's just, it's amazing to me how, uh, we were talking about these flights being 12 hours. And I mm-hmm. think it was like 1500 miles would be like 12 hours in the air. Yeah. And, um, and the whole time you're having to, like the navigator it has to be focused. She has yep. to be focused. I mean, that's an incredible feat if you really uh, think about it. Yeah, I, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, when they went from California to Hawaii on the very first part of the trip, it took them 16 hours. I mean, Delta can do that in, what, two hours now? <laughs> Three hours, something like that, if that. I've never, uh, taken, I've never taken that flight, but uh, I'm what, sure. What, the L.A. to Hawaii? Yeah, California to Hawaii. Oh shit! It's 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 still like eight hours or something. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I thought, I thought yeah, it was It's a hefty flight. If anybody's in the comments listening, gonna, let I'm us gonna, know. Gonna, We've I'm never been to Hawaii. Up. I'm gonna look that up right now. Yeah, I've never days. been, but I know it's a it's a bitch. And then, um, life. all right. So from LAX, I don't think she she might have left from San Francisco. Either way, it's that's not gonna make much of a difference, right? So let's just say LA to Honolulu. Unless it's a flat Earth, then see so. <laughs> Go back and listen to our other episode. We have a good friend. Call of mine, up, uh, yeah, call up our pilot guest real quick so <laughs> we can get to the bottom of that. All right, so from L.A. to Honolulu, uh, it's a five, five hour and 45 minutes direct flight, so not, not too bad. Oh, look at that. She beat you to it. Wow. 5.5. <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly two. So uh, thank you, everybody, commenting, helping us out with our math. Yep, that's why y'all need to follow us on Twitch and Kick. You know, we, we really travel. Yeah, we got to, uh, sometimes we have questions ourselves that our viewers might know. So, yeah, if you were like, who is Millie Earhart? Can you just go <laughs> ahead and help us out right. with this one? Where were we at? Okay. So, so yeah, they, they missed their mark in Africa by like, <clears throat> excuse me, 160 miles. So they land. Eventually they get to lay New Guinea. And this is where the, the drama happens. They took off from lay on the Saturday morning, July 1st. Actually, I don't know if it was a Saturday morning, like it is today. I think I'm, I think I'm thinking today. 
So morning of Saturday, July 1st, uh, they take off from Lay heading to Howland Island. That was going to be their pit stop in the middle of nowhere Pacific Ocean en route to Hawaii. So eventually, I don't know if they crossed the international dateline or not. I can't remember. I think they might have. But it just so happened on the night of July 1st, going into July 2nd, it was an overcast night. Mm-hmm. So um, you can't navigate by stars. And uh, to go back to what you were talking about earlier, dead reckoning, um, you have to constantly keep track of your airspeed and your compass headings. Um, so on the morning of July 2nd, he used the Mariner sextant uh, to measure the angle of the sun. And I think it was like at 60 degrees. So by that and his airspeed, uh, he could calculate kind of where he was at. And it was on the line of 337 and 157. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the longitude or latitude. Um, I forgot what exactly that is. Um, but it's, it's basically a longitudinal line, um, essentially. So it's, it's basically a, a north, north and south line. But the thing is, they didn't know latitudinally where they were. So they knew they were on that line somewhere, but they didn't know where. They could have been way north, way south, somewhere. So they had no idea. They um, also, because of that, it was overcast. They also had winds out of a different direction mm-hmm. than they originally uh, anticipated. So that was a big deal with my side of the story as far as what happened. Right. But uh, since you're going into those details, that's an important part. And I also want to mention, too, um, you know, we're talking about all this. Like, it's you know, they have all this, all these instruments and different things. They're trying to hit an island a mile and a half long. Yeah, it's, it's which ridiculous. Which is insane. Yeah, I got, uh, I'll pull up Google Earth here in a little bit. And, and just to give an idea of how impossible that seems. I mean, these islands are. You got to zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. Yeah, <laughs> just they're, they're remote. They are small. Um, I mean, I just do not understand how you could find that just by seeing stars, you know? So, uh, so yeah, they kind of lost track of where they were overnight. Um, but they were able, Noonan was able to figure out that they were on the 337, 157 line somewhere. Um, you know, and like I said, he, ca- uh, he used the airspeed and the sun's angle, uh, to be able to calculate that. So he, he knew kind of when they should be reaching Howland Island. But like I said, without latitude, they have no idea where they were at. So it was basically a useless ETA because they had no idea. So um, is, there, is there anything in the story as far as this point that you looked into? Well, um, when they left, there was a, you know, going back to why the radios didn't work. And, and are you are you want to say that? Because I, I just want to touch on that. If not, I'm about to go uh, touch on the radio stuff. Yeah, let's rock and roll. Let's keep it going. Um, so, yeah. This is what I said. I didn't. I had no idea when I first started researching the story. Um, they were supposed to use, you know, a, a radio direction finder when they when they got close to Howland. So Itasca, which is I think part of the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. could home them in. Say, all right, we see you. You know, start your descent. You know, blah blah blah. Do the approach, whatever. Blah blah blah. But um, there were some issues, and they could hear Amelia. But Amelia cannot hear them. So there's the first issue. And that's what I was saying. If Paul Mance, the technical mm-hmm. advisor, if he would have still been on that plane, all this would have been avoided and never happened. So chicken shit just decided. How do you I'm think how do you, how do you think he felt after uh probably after, pretty damn good? Yeah. 
<laughs> we're not i mean we don't really talk about noonan very much and I know. You know, he's like unfortunately he's like the forgotten that's what i'm saying man i had no idea there was even another person on the plane yeah you know, he's like the forgotten you know forgotten guy in this he's telling all of his grandkids now you know or not now i'm sure he's passed maybe but mm-hmm. uh you know i, w- I would have been on that flight you <laughs> wouldn't have been here but you're saying if he was on the plane he could have saved the day yeah exactly yeah maybe maybe because my, my my thought is uh for what i was looking into it that the communication was was broken uh from the outside on the takeoff due to um they had some rocky roads you know getting on the on the runways and they made a turn and and everybody was saying that you know uh you could see the plane basically take a pretty big blow when it was making a turn to go on the runway right i think the ground probably hit the back tail and it might have taken out some of the wiring or something like that yeah that's i remember reading that somewhere that's yeah that's that's true um so so like i said they kind of knew they had an idea of where they were on the 337 157 line but they didn't know where but now just say this right now in today's aviation you know you're gonna have these checks right yeah because i was thinking well why wouldn't they know like right after they take off that the radio is not working you know you're 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 making these observations as you're flying and nobody's responding and i guess they were just thinking they're just making these observations they don't expect anybody to say copy or anything like that because mm-hmm. uh, i was thinking you know how could they go so far with that with an issue uh right. especially when they were saying it happened on the runway but uh apparently the first uh with the dead reckoning the first uh island and really the last point of reference that they had was like 800 miles after they left yeah um and that was some island that was you know 800 miles away or whatever and that was the last like uh, location that they could reference and they went to extended amount with no reference due to the overcast weather and everything else mm-hmm. so uh where was i at on this so like i said they knew where they were at kind of on that line and i guess if you go up if you if you were to go north on the 337 157 line you know if you're if you're at howland howland island and you go north on that line you're not going to hit anything until siberia mm-hmm. now if you go south on that line there's other little scattered islands about um but we're going to get get into that in a minute um so still they had no idea where they were at um again itasca was waiting on them uh, i think it was the coast guard um they were using uh at night they were using the frequency 3105 and during the daylight they were using the frequency 6210 i don't know if you looked into any of that mm-hmm. stuff um, so I, Tesco was receiving her messages, but they couldn't hear her. She was, I mean, it was at the point, you know, we're, we're going to go over some of her last messages, uh, that was received. And she was saying, well, hey, we got to be right on y'all, but I can't see y'all, mm-hmm. you know? And, and Itasca was receiving the messages. The signal was so strong. They went out on deck, you know, because they like, she had to been overhead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but they never, she never showed up. Yeah, parallel universe. I'm just going to go ahead and, and yeah, get be. down to it. She hit a, a wormhole into a different <laughs> universe. Uh, yeah, so they were there's something yeah, they were out the deck. They were doing smoke off the ships. Uh, if she was around the area, she would have seen them. Yeah, it's not like she was looking for a dot, you know. Yeah. So speaking of dot, let's um, let me pull up Google Earth here, uh, so you can get an idea. So while you're pulling that up, you want me to go over. Uh, the last kind of responses from her. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, yeah, you can. All right, so we were talking about uh, the last kind of, um, you know, she was reaching out to them. They could hear her. They couldn't respond back to her, so she was pretty desperate and getting some response from them. But uh, like you said, to the north, the first landfall of Siberia, that was kind of the, uh, I wouldn't say the contingency plan. She had a couple contingency plans. One was to follow that line north and south. She knew north would be Siberia. It was a little bit further, but she knew if she missed going south, if she missed Holland, that she would uh, fall into like Baker Island, McKean Island, Gardner Island, which is now. Um, that's right. I had to point that out there since your name. Uh, so there was a contingency plan in place. They had a plan B and a plan C. Mm-hmm. The plan B was to follow the line north and south going back and forth. And plan C was if you hit uh, a threshold of four hours left in your fuel tank, you had to turn back west. And, um, and that way, like, if you know, if you just overshot and you're not seeing these islands, you just turn back west. That was kind of the, the contingencies. So to the north, the first landfall, Siberia. So if they didn't find it soon, they had to turn back south, knowing even if they missed Holland, there would be other islands beyond it. But nothing was that simple. By now, uh, your heart was burning into her four-hour fuel reserve, and even the daylight islands could be obscured by the, the clouds in the sky, the shadows in the, uh, on the water. At 7.42 local time, uh, Earhart's voice suddenly came loud and clear uh, to Atiska. We must be on you, but cannot see you. The gas is running low. Been unable to reach you by radio. We're flying at 1,000 feet. So they went below the clouds, obviously, to, to see everybody. Um, at 7.58, there was a nervous edge to uh, Earhart's normal calm. A log entry had her saying, we are listening, but cannot hear you. Like, they're they're waiting on somebody to come through the mm-hmm. come through the calls. At about eight thirty, Earhart was believed to be out of gas, but suddenly at eight fifty five, she was back on. She said, "We're on the line one fifty seven three thirty seven. We're running on the line north and south, contingency B." Right. Um, the radio man agreed. She sounded distraught. One thought she was pretty much in hysteria. You know. And then ever since then, the radio went silent. So at 8.55, this was after they thought uh, she would have already been out of gas. She still had a little bit more time, and she was running that line. So, again, they put out, at the time, the largest Navy search ever within that region. So let's say they were – so she was going north and south, 157, 337. Uh, then the radio went silent. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to hold back because, like, I have my whole theory behind it, but I don't want to get into that. (laughs) So (laughs) let's go into, again, we are live on Twitch and kick. So you can see every time we share a screen, share pictures. Also we have a video version on Spotify. So anyway, all right. So here's uh, new Guinea right here and here's lay. So it's on the very, you know, it's on the Eastern coast of new Guinea. So let's go to where Howland Island is way in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific. Hmm. So you got Australia down here, New Guinea right here. Hawaii is up in here. Okay, yeah. Howland Island is literally in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific. So let's zoom in on Howland Island. Let's keep zooming, keep zooming. I got I to gotta take the marker off because the marker is bigger than the island. And there you go. It looks like a little uh, germ. Yeah, did you see the documentary where they scan the oceans by mm-hmm. Helen Island? 
It's mm-hmm. amazing how it just literally drops off. It's like yeah, fifty feet of of or thirty feet of uh, the actual like beach, I guess right. if you'd say mm-hmm. sandbar, and then just drops off drastically. You can kind of see probably like right here. Everything about the ocean is scary. I know. Yeah, I've always been talking about our ocean stories. <laughs> I can't imagine like just flying over over just huge just swath of ocean and have no idea where you're at. You know. Yeah, and the, I mean, you gotta give respect when it's due. Like mm-hmm. she, uh, she was out to prove a lot. Did you see all the accomplishments she got? What from is this? Flying? Oh my god! I drew a dick in the sand. <laughs> That's something down there in the sand. Something buried, maybe. I don't know. What was the? Uh, it was like a Pac-Man. I know that's that's weird. I don't know what that is. Um, we should fly out there and check it out, man, on the show. I wish. Crazy. That'd be our fourth episode. All right, so there's Hallen Island. So I'm going to zoom out a little bit. So if you're if you're running that 337 157 line, it's essentially kind of going this way. Mm-hmm. So north, not you're not going to get anything yeah. until Siberia. And south, uh, where Helen Island go? All right. South, you know, you're going to hit Baker Island. And then a couple hundred miles away, you have what was then called Gardner Island. And this, I, I believe this type of island is called an atoll. It's like a ring-shaped. Not necessarily a ring-shaped, but, you know, something I think like that's that. the, uh, well, correct us if we're wrong, but I think that's the Marshall Islands. They call them the atoll. Yeah, I mean, there's well uh, throughout the week. The island, doing, that's just Marshall Islands. It might be all the islands. I don't know. Yeah, I've been doing um, Google Earth, like on all the little just little bitty islands and atolls out here to see if I could, because you never know what you're going to find on Google Earth, man. People have found like dead bodies of freaking plane crash in Antarctica, shit like that. So I've been going through all these little bitty islands around here trying to see if I can come up on something, but unfortunately, I haven't found anything. So they're all called atolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So this is Nicomaroro, what it's now called, but back then it was called uh, Gardner Island. And this was, uh, you know, part of the contingency plan, run down that 337-157 line, and if all else fails, you know, you could always land on one of these bad boys. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, just to give you an idea, that's how small these little islands are. I mean, they're little just blips. A mile and a half. You know, you got like this little bitty one right here, whole island. You know, you got Man, uh, Manra Island. It's insane. Yeah, I wonder if all those really existed, too, because, you know, those islands pop up. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. And, uh, like, there's so many just little bitty islands. So, basically, the contingency was follow the line so you could be found mm-hmm. and just jump on an island. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you yeah, see, just jump so. on it. And then you know what line that they're on, you can find them. Okay. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, the line that they were on had no... Other well, they were on the wrong line. Yep. So, so after um, what what time were those last messages? Do you have that written down? Yeah. So eight fifty five was the last. Mm-hmm. That's when she said, "I'm on the line." Five a.m. on July second. Yeah. So yeah, um, let me see because I got some right here. So uh, her last word was "wait" because uh. She said K-H-A-Q-Q. That was her call sign. That's right. Uh, to Itasca, we are online, 15737. Repeat. We will repeat on 6210. Wait. And uh, that that was the last one on that frequency. So once they kind of figured out that, hey, she ain't coming or she's nowhere around, um, they issued a huge search and rescue mission the Navy did. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they covered a ton of, of water and nothing was found. Um, they even went down uh, to the Phoenix Islands and, and Gardner Island um, and nothing. They saw signs of a recent habitation, but not enough, I guess, to warrant going down there to see what was there. Yeah, I got to say it, though. Um, the only place they could not go in the territory were the Marshall Islands. Mm-hmm. They didn't have permission to go. And actually, I, I sent this would probably be appropriate to go ahead and bring up one of the um, the images that I sent. Let's the um, Japan to USA, if you don't mind. Okay, hold on. The um, the message, I guess. The message. Okay. Yeah, just because you got to keep in mind, like the Marshall Islands were all controlled by you know Japan, and right. they didn't have access to search those waters. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was was sent over, and basically um, Japan, uh, Tokyo sent out to the naval in Washington, naval, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah, the navy. Uh, that, yeah. So uh, they have intelligence reports to the effect that the U.S. Navy is launching upon a large scale search for the lost Miss Earhart, since it's believed that she went down in the vicinity of the Marshall Islands. The government of the South Seas Islands has ordered all ships, basically lookouts, communication facilities to cooperate in the discovery of her, um, the assist in the search. But they specifically in this, this offer was made not only as an expression of goodwill, but for the purpose of preventing the United States merchant or flying vessels, which are searching for Miss Earhart from coming too close to the Marshall Islands. Basically, we're not going to grant you access to yeah. <laughs> come into our territory oh, and we're sure. going to have our lookouts look out for yeah I'm, I'm sure i'm sure they had their eyes peeled yeah so this was july 5th 1937 mm-hmm. so well let's um i think that's pretty much it as far as the journey goes uh, on where on what happened um i don't think i have any other notes um as far as what happened but um so we can get into some of the conspiracies of uh, yeah. what happened Conspiracy, or I'll say theories, I guess, not necessarily conspiracies. But um, hey, before we get into it, um, anybody that's listening, commenting, write in the comments ultimately what you feel, um, what's her demise, what yeah. ended up happening. Because when we get more into it, I'm just curious about what's, what's in everybody's minds right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, first, let's do the first one, which is the actual official story from the Navy. And that is the crash and sink theory all right um so let me i I had another picture to pull up real quick um let me see if i can find it because this this will give another idea of uh of what happened so let me see if i can find it does everybody know too that like where they can see this because we i know we broadcast we do it on spotify where you can watch the videos on spotify and uh and twitch live obviously uh for anybody listening to audio i know spotify and twitch when we're live on Twitch and you can go back and listen and, and watch us live on Spotify mm-hmm. as well. Yep. All right. So this gives you a really good idea of the last couple hours of what was going on. So here's the 337-157 line and here's Howland Island, Baker Island. Um so the Navy thinks they just crashed and sank somewhere on this line. Could have been anywhere. Um, literally mm. just ran, you know, they were going back and forth, couldn't find anything. 
I don't know how they wouldn't have found anything if they were on that line, just kind of going back and forth. Um, so, so, so yeah, they, they just, they were searching that hole, but they were searching everywhere, not just there. Right. But they believe they were on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the official story from the Navy. They ran out of gas and just went down in the ocean and that's it. Um, let me see if there's anything else further. Um, I mean, it's just pretty self-explanatory. So, um, yeah, it's just a theory of just, well, fuck, you know, mm-hmm. like we couldn't find and they couldn't make it and something happened. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that theory. Yeah. The second one, do you want to go into yours or do you want to go into the other one? Because uh, there's, there's, one. there's basically three main theories. Let's go into the other one. I'm All right. So the hear. next one is they landed uh, safely or not on Gardner Island. Right. Uh, which is what it was called. Now it's called Nicomororo. Um, so they basically, you know, the, the theory assumes that unable to find Hallen Island, they just went further south on the 137 mm-hmm. one, or uh, 157, 337 line and just landed there. Crash landed. Uh, there were bones found, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's a yeah. whole. So there, there was a huge piece of exposed coral off of Gardner Island that would have made, apparently would have made for a convenient place to land a plane, emergency land the plane. So apparently that's, that's one of the theories. That's what they did. Um, they used the radio still um, to try and uh, uh, supposedly part of the theory, they were able to still use the radio to call out. Um, but at the same time, they weren't able to get anything in. So yeah, let's go into some of the stuff about uh, what they found on Gardner Island. Mm-hmm. Um, in April, on or around April 1940, there was a skull discovered along with, I think, 12 or 13 other bones. I think there was a femur, uh, part of a hip, and some other stuff. Uh, Britain was there. England was there trying to establish a colony. So it was found by, uh, you know, uh, a British, I, don't know, I guess maybe it was Army, Army guy, Navy guy. So the officer, uh, Gerald Gallagher, he did not learn of this till a few months later. Um, and he did a more thorough search of the area where the bones were found and they actually found some artifacts. Did you know about that? Or did you just know about mm-hmm. the bones? Uh, I know the bones. What artifacts are we talking about? Uh, they found a shoe, a woman's shoe. No, I didn't hear this. Yep. Found a woman's shoe about, uh, they, they're, they estimated probably about a size 10. Um, and they've a sextant box. Which would make sense. That's what they use. Oh, that's right. Yeah, with the that's what um, they use to measure yeah. uh, measure the sun's angle and, and kind of get an idea of where they're at. Yeah, how they had to navigate. I did see this. That's right. And another thing, which is probably the most interesting, is an ointment bottle uh, that contained freckle cream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you know what she looks like, she had a lot of freckles, and she was she was an extremely popular person um, before this before this journey. So uh, she's quoted as saying, you know, you have to keep that kind of stuff on you because you don't know, you know, when the newspapers are going to come, you know, you have to be, you know, put your makeup on all that good stuff. So, you know, she could have landed, you know, landed at Hawaii. The press was going to be there. You have to have that stuff ready, you know, just. Dude, there's a story where she actually like wrecked a plane mm-hmm. and she was with somebody. It wasn't like a catastrophe. It was like, I guess a landing and went wrong or something. And uh, she was putting on makeup after the fact because she knew that the press would be there and she wanted to look appropriate 
get out, get out of a plane that was just wrecked. Mm-hmm. So badass man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a remote viewer with a question: Were these common items for a woman to have uh, having that time? Uh, yes, I, I got a lot of this information from. Uh, there was a documentary on National Geographic. It's on. Uh, it's actually on Disney Plus. Um, they really dig into the Gardner Island theory. And actually, the guy who found the Titanic actually did a whole expedition trying to find the plane around Gardner Island. Um, he found the Titanic. He found uh, and like two other things. So Really? I didn't know he was the one. I saw that documentary. Uh-huh. I just forgot about it because I watched another one. And, and uh, that's right. They had drones and, and uh, remote submarines. Mm-hmm. Yep. Radar the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to our Ocean Gate episode, by the way. Sonar. Radar. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, just, just those artifacts being found. And I'll go into uh, some other stuff in a minute um, after Lance goes into his. Uh, the his freckle period. cream, too, was also for that time, yeah. for that time period. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, you know, when these bones were found, um, the Gallagher, uh, the the British Navy or Army officer, he's uh, he said he he wrote down the bones look more than four years old, uh, but there seems to be a very slight chance that this may be the remains of, of Amelia Earhart. So he sent those remains to Fiji uh, for further analysis. That's where their kind of capital headquarters were for the area, um, and they were basically not discarded, but it was just kind of like eh, this ain't her, and just. But you know, that they, was they, they, they didn't do the analysis they needed to do, basically. Yeah, and then didn't the doctor at the time, the scientist, basically say it was a male? Yeah, male he, bones? Said, he said it was more most likely like a five six to five eight. You know, completely uh, got it wrong. Stopped male, and so yeah, so yeah, there was yeah, a, because the the bones were recovered uh, years later out of accident. Basically, I mean, people were looking for, her, but they came up, and then new analysis said that it was a woman. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a organization called tiger, uh, which stands for the international group for historic aircraft recovery. Um, and they, I think the guy's name is Rick Gillespie. He's basically the the head guy on that. And he was talking about, um, in the days after her disappearance, people with ham radios in, in America, in the U S uh, heard distress calls on those frequencies so you had a fifth like there was like this 15 year old girl in tampa or st petersburg uh her dad uh, apparently built her like this souped up ham radio and she'd come across those frequencies at night and she would hear you know what she believed would be amelia Earhart. um you know stuff saying stuff like water's high water's knee deep let me out help us quick um she had in her journal that she was writing stuff down. She had, uh, she had NY city. And when she was asked about that, she was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's just the way I write New York city. Well, there was also a shipwreck on Gardner Island at the time, uh, that happened several years prior. And it was the SS Norwich city. So the theory there is, you know, between the radio, you know, uh, frequency, um, signal, uh, maybe an accent or something like that. You may could get New York City and Norwich City mixed up. Well, nobody in, in America would even think about Nor- Norwich or Norwich whenever there's New York City. I would, if you didn't know the shipwreck, 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, between yeah. any, any kind of signal interference, you know, if, if there was any accident involved or, yeah, just like that, you've never heard of the Nor- Norwich City. You're just going to think Norwich City. You mean, you know, you're going to hear New York City, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's another theory uh, that, that uh, I don't know if they have audio of that or not. Um, I doubt they would. It wouldn't be, it was, it was pretty spontaneous. Yeah, it was, it was on, yeah, it was, it was, somebody caught it over ham radio, so it wasn't being recorded. So it's documented. Are you going to uh, go like, into the uh, the the old old lady that had a she claimed to have hurt her? Which one? So there was this uh, poor old lady, older lady. I don't know. You know, she was, but I uh, like somebody's grandmother hurt her as well, and and she was on the documentary. It's probably the same one we watched, and she was just like, I don't know why people won't believe me. It's like she's going <laughs> to the grave, and nobody believes that she hurt her. But yet, you know, there are only a few that have come forward and said, yeah, we heard. Amelia Earhart on the radio uh, while we were tuning in the ham radius. She was one of them. It was kind of sad because she was just kind of like, I don't know why nobody believes me. Like she was just really like, she wants everybody to believe her. This is old, poor old lady. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the theory on that. You know, at, at night when the tide was low, they would go out to the plane that was, they landed on the coral and signal for help. And then during the day when the tide came back in, uh, they would be on the Island you know, making, you know, doing whatever they need to do to survive, you know, and uh, eventually the tide just took the plane out to, out to sea. Nobody knows what happened. And they obviously would have uh, passed away on the Island. Um, And another theory as to, you know, if you think they die there, you know, what happened to their clothes, what happened to more bones and stuff like that? Because it was two different people. Well, an interesting theory about that is coconut crabs may mm-hmm. have literally ate them and took their bones away. And if you don't know what a coconut crab is, it's a fucking giant lobster looking crab. It's like 10 pounds up to three feet long. Crazy things. And they did a, um, on why don't the, we serve those? You'd think that would be like a delicacy. Maybe so. A tin, just a big ass lobster <laughs> on your plate. So on the, uh, national geographic documentary on Disney plus, they did an experiment and they put this huge pig uh, on the island and the coconut crabs and the other crabs on the island ate through that thing within like a week, bone mm-hmm. and all. So, and they, they drug all the bones to various places too. Right. Yep. So it's not like the carcass stayed there. It just mm-hmm. got divided with hundreds of different directions. Yep. So that's, you know, may explain why there's no other remains, but you know, my big thing is like, man, like, if that's if this one's true, how did the Navy search not see them on the island? Right. You know, um, potentially if they flew over during the day and the plane was underwater due to the tide or something like that, then maybe they didn't see the plane. But you, you would think Amelia yeah. and Noonan would have seen the plane going over. They could have somehow signaled for help, you know, with a fire or something. It's like they know. had a Morse code when they couldn't use the radio. Mm-hmm. But they could only use the radio when the when the tide was low because they had to basically cut the engines on. Right, exactly. And the radios were uh, tuned with the engines. So, uh, like you were saying, they only had a limited time. I, I, I'm with you, though. It's hard to debunk the freckle cream mm-hmm. and the, uh, the instrument for measuring, which you would have if you're navigating in aviation. Right. Um, I forget what what the end result of all that was. The bones didn't come back. Uh, is that what it was? The bones did not come back with DNA. They came back. It came back inconclusive. That's right. It was like two out of three or four DNA matches. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, remote remote viewer asked, would they be able to tell that the bones found had been eaten by coconut crabs? I I don't think so. They didn't mention that. So um, that I'm not sure. So they found bones. Uh, an explorer went back and found the skull, found mm-hmm. a, uh, what did you say, a femur maybe? Or yeah, something I think like a that. femur um, and, and some so, others. Yeah, then another crew went back and found a little, a couple particles, uh, and and the dogs were sniffing out, you know, where the mm-hmm. where the bones were, and they knew that they were in the right spot. But these crabs, you know, go really deep. They go to different areas, and they take these bones and roots of trees that they can't dig around. And long story short, the the bones were found, and they were tested further. And it was funny because they were talking about with her, she had a a, a drilled nasal cavity to help mm-hmm. with their sinuses right yep and uh and they could easily tell from that if it was intact well unfortunately the skull that part of the skull was gone right right <laughs> so it's like perfect and then the same yeah. thing with like her um her, she had she a had gap, gap in her teeth yeah right and unfortunately that part of the skull was gone mm-hmm. so when you're saying it was came back um it, it wasn't proven to be and it wasn't proven not to be um i, I think it was because the bones have been so just kind of yeah, I mean, it was so long around ago. Yeah, yeah that yeah and, and another thing that uh, that tiger organization rick gillespie um that he's found other artifacts too uh such as an aluminum panel um i guess i guess they're the ones that found the shoe um a size nine woman's shoe heel um, an oddly cut piece of clear plexiglass. Um, so he's claiming that the aluminum panel artifact has the exact same dimensions and rivet patterns as uh, the one shown in the photo uh, of the plane uh, to a high degree of certainty. So, so that was the patch, the patch. They mm-hmm. patched the window with that aluminum. Yep. So, so yeah, there's a lot of uh, probable, plausible things for the Gardner theory, but could have been a the face one. injury from the crash. She'd have broken a jaw or something, you know, and then she yeah, passed that would just falling off or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good observation. So this this is the one I kind of lean towards is the Gardner Island theory. Um, you know, you got the the artifacts found, you got the ham radio signals documented by several people across the United States. Um, so that's the one I'm leaning to. So I'm interested to get into Lance's theory. He's he's all about it. Yeah. So uh, mine is pretty much just, I'm just going to go ahead and say this is what happened. And I guess it's my job to convince everybody listening, but we'll see. So there's a really good documentary out there that has, uh, Drew now said, somewhat been debunked. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But yeah, you can't I, um, find yeah it. Uh, Lance, Lance sent me a link to the documentary um, and I looked at it. And uh, I pre-show when we were doing a little bit of prep, um, I kind of broke the the bad news to him because uh, the documentary History Channel is the one that put out the documentary, and, I was, and it got History took it down. I was like, oh yeah, that's the one that got discredited. That's what he said got discredited. <laughs> well, and my yeah. my point of view is, uh, I think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And fuck you for even putting that in front of my face. And, <laughs> hey, there's a uh, somebody commented said that any children they could eventually done like a, a family DNA. They did. And she didn't, well, um, she didn't, she didn't have children, but no, but they used like, like her cousins. Yeah. They used some family to match DNA. So they had, they could match, but again, it was like a failed test. It just wasn't, it's not that it matched a hundred percent. It was just inconclusive and 
Right. And so, but they did that. It's a great documentary, the one that Drew was going about. So mine is called Amelia Hart, The Lost Evidence. It's on watchdocumentaries.com. If nobody's seen this website, which I just came across, check it out. Uh, there's a lot of information through watchdocumentaries.com, which I, I that's where I found this history channel. I think it was taken down because it's too factual and it gives blatant evidence of what happened and they just took it down. So here's mine. If you want to, if you can go ahead and open up the uh, flight plan. So this is getting great. This is going to be, I love this one. Hey, like, remind me, like, we got a, we got a, we got a Twitter comment uh, as, as far as uh, what they think happened. Remind me to bring that up after you're done with this. All right. So bring up the open flight plan. Yes, sir. All right. So July 2nd, 1937, they took off from New Guinea and headed towards Highland Island. The Lockheed Electric had flied nonstop for 4,100 to 4,500 miles on 1,200 gallons, right? That's 1,500 more than the distance to Highland. Uh, they were using dead reckoning, as we said before, and, uh, you know, using land markers. And it was overcast. So there's no, there's no denying that they had, you know, like you said, going to Africa, they were off like 160 miles on a clear day. Mm-hmm. So obviously there was a, a huge window for something to happen when they're, when their visuals are, you know, limited. So, um, According to the plane transmissions, it was overcast and cloudy, and they they've already passed their last marker. The winds were pushing southeast, twenty five miles per hour, which basically was doubled what they predicted be like headwinds. Instead, of, you know, it was pushing them north. Uh, she even describes. Um, well, I'll I'll, I'll kind of wait on that. So I think that they drifted a little bit north, and like I was saying before. You know, if you drift just in like an inch, just such a minute degree to the left, to north, over a span of 1,200 or 1,700 miles, a 12 hours of flying, it's going to be hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. So in her contingency plan, like we said before, she was heading north and south on a line. And worst case, she was going to go to Gilbert Island, which was um, just it's like if they passed over Highland Island, they would find Gilbert Island. Like that was, you know, a little bit larger of an island. So they were just like, all right, well, we'll find it. Cause this island was only a mile and a half long. So they never found Gilbert Island. So they decided to do the third contingency plan, which was the head West. And, uh, and the first Island to the West, if she traveled, you see this red, we're pulling up a map right here because the theory is that with the headwind, with the uh, the winds out of the southeast and being off just a little bit, that they actually uh, went north of Highland Islands. And when they went west back, the first island they would have fallen and seen was Millie uh, Atoll in the Marshall Islands. It just so happens that they got a, um, uh, what's the tap uh, communication? Forget what's the word. What do you mean? You know, you tap like uh, uh, the Morse code. Yeah, the Morse code. And um, so they were doing some Morse code and I'll, I'll actually bring that up. But what we talked about earlier was Japan said, hey, you know, we're going to have lookouts for her. Um, we'll help you out. But, you know, you're not allowed to come on our territory to search. So they searched everywhere but the Marshall Islands. And it just so happens the Marshall Islands really are only 150 to 200 miles from yeah or uh from holland island probably the same same as gardner island just the other direction 
Right. So they, they did everything south. But in reality, because they were talking about Siberia. Well, they couldn't go to the Marshall Islands. So Siberia would have been the next landing spot. And that was hundreds of miles that was, away. Yeah, that was way. Yeah. They wouldn't, I don't like think they would have made it. So um, you know, even saying that, she described bad weather in the horizon. And when they looked, like she, because she said one of the comments that uh, she could see bad weather, uh, heavy clouds uh, north or uh, north, like uh, heading, I guess, northeast, right? So uh, they looked back, and the weather patterns were heavy clouds. There was a storm coming up 50 miles of Holland. So they theorized that she was actually heading straight towards a storm, which would have been 50 miles in between Holland and uh, Miliotol. And uh, so when she headed back west, she went straight to Miliotol. And they were controlled by Japan. They were off limits to search parties. So she ended up there. Bring up the uh, Millia Toll picture, which is the actual uh, island with the – yeah, perfect. All right, so there's an island you're looking at. It's Millia Toll. It's a deserted island. Nobody really, like, lives on the island, but it's part of the Marshall Islands, right? So for years, they have um, figured that the, the, the runway was actually in the water. But then they looked back at previous pictures and realized that the water – would have been in that tree line between the blue lines. So the water would have been where the tree line is, and that's where they would have landed. So they sent a crew out there to, to look for anything, and they found some aluminum that's wrapped like on the inside of a, uh, of a, of a uh, aircraft, like where the propellers are and stuff like that. Um, they found some stuff like that, some uh, – obviously some plane parts, but also too, they found some uh, rollers that would go on a, like a train, you know, like, a, like a track. So they, so equipment that they had to use to lift something and move something across that Island that weighs more than they could just pull. Right. So they got like a real railway system. Uh, and that was, you know, used back in the day, obviously. So they found all this stuff on this Island, which indicates that they found the plane there was some stuff left behind. They put the plane on this this railroad to take to this bay, which was to the left of the, that blue line, which shows the entrance that they would have had to have a barge pull up because coral was everywhere else. They couldn't go anywhere but here. So it made sense that they would have to trek something pretty heavy across the island right? Uh, to put on this. So that's Millie. So what they did then is they took Millie Atoll, they took the plane, they got them, and they took them to uh, I don't know how to pronounce this uh, Jalut Atoll, Jalut Atoll, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gonna sound like an idiot when when I say it, but go back and hear it otherwise. But um, if you could pull up the Morse code picture, and this uh, is all me... from the document, the documentary that that I watched. Thank you. I see that. I see the comments of the Morse. I just completely uh all right so this says we pulled up this uh naval message with her calling sign and it said 281 north holland call okay it says uh don't hold uh i can't really read that with us much longer above water shut off mm -hmm. uh, basically just like what they could you know 
Morse code. But the, the big thing is 281 North Holland Call. So they got this. The Navy went 281 miles north of Holland. And they couldn't find anything. This was in the search. But if you find out, uh, if you go 281 degrees, it takes you straight to the Marshall Islands. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they now believe that she was saying 281 uh, degrees North Holland, which is interesting. The Marshall Islands. So if you could bring up the uh, toll picture, this <laughs> is the, the one that came out in like 2017. That's been the big um, conspiracy behind this whole thing. I believe it's real. The documentary shows that they used every analysis for digital tampering and, and, uh, photo editing and all this with different shades of where the light comes from. Uh, this is the picture that you either believe it or you don't. Uh, I believe it. So this is a picture. They took them from uh, Millie Atoll to this uh, Jalud Atoll, I'll say island. And this is where they stayed a little bit. And as you could see in the picture, black and white picture, I don't know if you can see it, but everybody in like the boats are all looking at this dock. Like there's something going on. It's mm-hmm. grabbing somebody's attention. Um, and there is Amelia sitting on the dock, like looking out to her right, looking out the water. Right. There's Newman or uh noon end. I'm sorry. And, um, you know, he had some bruised knees. There was an eyewitness, a doctor that said he he was uh, he was asked to look at Noonan because of his knees. Right, he bruised his knees on impact, and they have nothing to lose. the The locals there have no idea what's going on. You got to remember, this is Japan right before World War II. Um, you know, just like four years, I think, beforehand, maybe. Mm-hmm. And the doctor came out there and he describes everything. He was like, you know, I, I checked them out. They've I haven't really seen white people before. They've never seen a woman that's kind of dresses like a man, wears pants and wears a shirt. I mean, this is all new to them. It's it's like it's part of their heritage mm-hmm. at this part of the culture. Like literally, we'll show that in a minute. But this is the picture that shows everything. So you have Noonan to the left, you have uh, Millie Earhart right there looking to the right, and the ship in the back, which is a prominent ship that's been uh, now it's heritage for the Marshall Islands because of this. And you can see it's pulling something behind it on a barge. And they were able to use measurements off the ship, because they know about the ship, obviously, to measure what they were pulling. And it's the same length, 38 feet. It's the same length as the plane that she was flying. So um, so that's the big picture. Yeah. Now, it gets a little bit further in the detail, if you don't mind pulling up the Office of Naval Intelligence paperwork and again they're saying that this documentary was debunked off that picture like they're saying oh uh you know those those uh those electrical lines were too advanced for the day right but now in the documentary they're saying that's actually perfect timing for getting power to the island back then that's just the way it was so i mean you could you could say it's debunked i believe it it could be i guess like you were saying through like a travel guy that picture was taken couple years like i want to look for that i have not seen that anywhere so that's why i don't believe it because i feel like if it was really debunked heavy that would have been what i saw right but a part of me thinks the reason it was debunked is because of this kind of stuff right here i don't know if you can zoom in can you by chance 
I can try. Let me see. Oh, perfect. Okay. All right, go down the four. Just that, that's fine right there. All right. So um this is from this is basically uh a report from the Office of the Chief of Naval Operations. The file consists of 170 pages, which came up kind of missing. Correspondence and a report relating to the flight of Amelia Earhart, but also includes a report dated January 7th, 1939, on information that Earhart was a prisoner in the Marshall Islands. Wow. And I screenshotted the whole thing, uh, which you don't have to really zoom up because a lot of people probably aren't uh, watching. But this is, again, like an official report. It has the report number at the top and everything else. So you have that. Uh, you have a couple other things I'm not going to pull up, but just some official reports stating that she was reported to have landed in the Marshall Islands. Right. And then to put a cherry on top, if you don't mind pulling up, I know I'm like asking you just to work here, uh, pull up the stamps. So there are stamps. When I said that this was part of their heritage, they were so surprised by this. Their fathers told their kids, their kids told their kids, this is part of the Marshall Islands heritage. And wow. literally here's stamps that were dated. And they wouldn't have known. I'm telling you, they would not have known about Amelia Earhart uh, as you know, doing this because they were in their own world. Right. You know, they didn't have obviously internet and stuff like that. So, but when this happened, there's a stamp showing the flight out. There's a, there's a, uh, the ship off, um, what's the island you were talking about where she was going, Holland Island, mm-hmm. given the, the smoke out there. So, she, you know, they could be seen. And then the Marshall Islands stamp showing the plane, uh, falling and landing at, uh, Millie Atoll. If you read the bottom, it actually says Millie Atoll stamp. This is not even made up. This is oh, everywhere. And then the next stamp shows the the um, the Electra being pulled by the Koshu ship. The that Electra is Amelia's. Uh, that was the the, the plane's name. I don't yeah, the Electra. We mentioned that. Wait, what? I don't think we mentioned that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so Lockheed Electra. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's um was pulled by the Koshu ship and the next stamp over. So, I mean, they literally, this is their heritage. Right. And uh, eyewitnesses said that they saw prisoners in Saipan, uh, Saipan. So they literally, I think they considered her a spy or something. Cause you know, world war two was only like four or five. I think it was four yeah. years apart from this. So there was some stuff happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, at, at this point, I'm pretty sure Japan was already being aggressive. You know, right down there they just you know because we didn't get in until pearl harbor which was like four years later but yeah. japan's already doing their thing in the pacific so so their largest military base that they had uh in the islands was at saipan saipan mm-hmm. and that fit the description of uh so they they had eyewitnesses and then again this is the documentary they went to saipan and found like Everybody knows this one or two people on the island. The only people that are still alive to talk about this are on the island. And they're like, yes, you know, we saw. So basically they, they saw, you know, uh, that would describe Noonan and, and Amelia Earhart. And one, one eyewitness even claimed that they saw military behead Noonan and dig wow. the graves for them. 
and uh, saw him being pushed into like a basically a shallow grave. Um, but of course, no one's going to talk about it because, I mean, duh, you don't want <laughs> that's yeah. kind of a, a big deal. They were not wanting to get killed as well. The United States, in my belief, somewhat the documentary, somewhat whatever your beliefs are, but the United States could not show that they knew this was going on. Right. Because they didn't want to show their cards and show that they had technology to, um, uh, that they were basically intercepting information. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to show Japan that they had intelligence on what their operations, what they were doing. So they just kept quiet. And that's why Amelia Earhart and Noonan uh, went to the grave. So wow. that's my theory on it. I really that's, feel pretty confident with that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I lean towards Gardner Island, but that's that, that kind of upped my level of belief for this theory, you know, um, I mean, I'm not 100% Gardner Island. Like, I, that's that's what I believe would happen. I just I just lean towards that. But yeah, everything you just explained kind of pushed me back this way towards that theory. So every place though, they find something that attaches to it. You almost don't. You can't believe anything off material items because, like, with Millie, that's all they found that um, that plane part that goes within the propeller, and mm-hmm. they took it to another plane that was the exact match, and it falls right in place, and it's got the ribbit and the, and the turning and the same. Uh, measurement of the turning of the aluminum and I mean, you can't make that up and then you have the freckle cream Mm -hmm. uh you know and the instruments for navigation on garner island so i still think it's it could be a toss-up in that i have reason to believe anybody who wants to dispute that but my belief is uh knowing what we know about the government now back in the day they're like hey that's a great point you know let's not let's not show our cards here and let's worry about this war that might be coming up which yeah, is a whole different conspiracy behind pearl harbor as well absolutely that, that's a good point um so let us hear in the comments what y'all think um so i, I shared our stream on twitter and had a guy uh, i'm assuming it's a guy um put his thought and this may, this is very interesting he says they killed her for knowing the earth is flat Damn. Hold on. <laughs> so that is a uh it's, it's getting deep. I think I think my wife is under under the same sort of uh belief system that that uh there, there's more of a some kind of conspiracy. She didn't just crash. You know, something something happened. Well or or one way or another, or there's some sort of conspiracy. Like what if she what if she was a spy, you know? Yeah. I mean, what if, what if she was, she became a spy as her mission was yeah, going on? Absolutely. Like they said, Hey, here's what we really need. You know, cause they, it's government. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to do. Instead of flying to that Island, Holland Island, we need you to go 200 miles North. And, and what, uh, what better way, things. what better way be like, Oh, it's the first woman, you know, circumnavigating the globe. Yeah. It could be it could yeah. a spy mission for around the world, you know? And the picture that came up was from intelligence in the naval um i don't know the you know whatever but yeah obviously somebody there was taking pictures because that picture was in that organization uh that was like considered um classified because they were taking pictures of the islands to know like yeah you know to get intelligence on the layout the docks and everything else 
Yep. So, I mean, they were already infiltrating the Marshall Islands at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, here's another interesting thing. Um, if y'all have listened to our episodes in the archives that we've created, um, we did an episode probably two months ago now on vile vortices. And according to this, the map of the vile vortices, number 45 right here. Oh, shit. Is exactly where the stuff hit the fan and 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 happened. That's right, right around the equator. So, I mean, the, the equator's way up here, I think. Um, actually, that that may be, I don't know. Is that even near where they were? That might be too, too, west of Austra- too east of Australia. That might not be right at all. I could, I have no idea if that's, if that's. Well, let somebody debunk us. Yeah, it just, it just, it, just, it kind of looks like that's, you know, if they kept going south, they would have ran into it. So that, that may or may not be true. It may not have been the exact area, but. It was yeah. probably in between uh, 45 and 14. It's probably right at the equator, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that could totally be bogus. I just, I caught that as I was doing uh, some last minute research. I figured. All I'd right, good edit. Uh, an hour, 13 minutes. No, I'm just gonna keep that in there. It's all good. <laughs> So, uh, one of our remote viewers, uh, states, I think I'm leaning towards she ended up on the Marshall Islands, although I feel like modern Japanese, I can't read that because the graphics in the way, uh, I feel like the modern Japanese would have revealed this. this. Interesting. Yeah. They could have used it. For I think propaganda. they are though. You have the eyewitnesses that are coming out, but they just, it's like, why bring it up? Yeah. But I mean, you know, Japan, um, they could have used that for propaganda purposes, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true, too. So, but none of that happened, so. But um, that's pretty much all we have on, uh, that's all I have anyway. Is there any other, I'm trying to think if there's any other um, theories that, I mean, there, there was other theories that, like, you know, she actually made it back and she switched her identity, you know, and uh, there's another that's theory. That's probably, that, like, what really happened, too. We have all these. <laughs> It's amazing how when everybody digs somewhere, they can always find something. Yeah. And there's another one that uh, she didn't even land. The Japanese shot her down. You know, she was over the Marshall Islands. The Japanese uh, took her flight as a hostile, you know, a hostile aircraft yeah. and shot it down. See, I can't believe that with all the records of her right. notes and her time, the Morse code reading that came out. Um and, you know, I, I think it's like a little mixture of both. All the readings came out where she was doing the Morse code. She was talking about, like, the high tide. Not, that could have happened on the other island of uh, Melia Toll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But overall, great story. I mean. It's 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 a it's a scary story, man. Just like, you know, like it's being over the Pacific Ocean like that, not knowing where you're at. And then you're like, you know, it's, it's, it's scary to think about. Think about being the navigator and thinking, oh. like, Hey, I really can't see any <laughs> like dead reckoning. Like I don't I can't see the stars. We're a thousand miles past the last island. Um just kind of going on a whim here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, um, again, shoot us an email what you think happened, room two thousand eight ENT at gmail.com. Um, if we get any emails, we'll read them on air next episode. Um, we'll get rabbit holes thoughts. Um, yeah, we're gonna have rabbit hole next time for some uh some other good juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, again, follow us on Twitter, Room Two Thousand Eight ENT Two. That way, uh, you'll know when we're going to be going live with this stuff, what subject we're talking about, and follow us on Twitch and Kick uh, Kick streaming platform so you can interact with us, comment. Um, 
and you can see everything we share from Google Earth. We do Google Earth a lot, um, which is which is pretty cool. You know, we'll, we'll go down as far as we can into what we're talking about if, if, if we're able to on there. So, yeah, follow us on all that. Um, join us next week. I believe we're going to have a guest. Finally, I've been saying that for the last few weeks um, that we're going to have That's a guest. Right. So I'm assuming uh, our next episode will be it. Um, we're going to be getting into some really gory stuff. So please join us. Uh, Lance, you have anything last to say before we sign off? Eat early. Eat dinner early before our next episode. Yep. yep. Yeah. So now uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. Yep. And thanks for listening. And uh, again, thanks for listening to our Ocean Gate episode. That's been our, uh, that episode took off big time. Uh, it was kind of an impromptu episode me and Lance did um about that so it uh it took off so we definitely appreciate y'all listening to it and uh checking out everything all the other episodes we've done and and hope y'all stay tuned for what we got coming so uh but with that being said room 2008 is out enjoy your whiskey cigars